Hello, my name is Kim Chi. I am a drag queen, entertainer, makeup mogul, proud owner of Kim Chi Chic Beauty, host of a food podcast called One for the Table, and a certified self-proclaimed fat ass, and also supermodel of the Midwest. <laughs> I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that turns to chefs and home cooks with a big question in mind. What is their one? That recipe that makes even the most boring weeknight meals feel like a party. This episode, we're making every day a celebration with drag queen and makeup mogul Kim Chi. Now, you probably know Kim from her wildly imaginative makeup on season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race, or her makeup brand, Kim Chi Chic Beauty, or her food podcast, One for the Table, which she hosts with chef and cookbook author John Kung, who we spoke with on a previous episode of the podcast. She's a hell of a performer, but national tours and makeup deals aside, she's also the type of person to make any occasion feel special. Here she is. Kim, hello. Thank you for making time. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh. My pleasure. You <laughs> are doing everything everywhere all at once. Like you have been running this whole makeup empire and cosmetics while also doing all of these performances while also juggling a food podcast. Yeah. Do you still have time to just be a human being? You know, I feel like being a human being is me working, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's like the freelancer mentality. We're like, got to strike the iron while it's hot, you know, try to be everywhere all at once while they still want to see you. <laughs> So I'm so curious, did you always kind of see this overlap between all of the work that you were doing in both the cosmetics world and the drag world with what you wanted to do with food? Oh, the food just started as like a side project during pandemic. You know, obviously, like, I'm mm -hmm. a fat ass. Um, <laughs> I work so I can eat good, you know? Right. And I've always wanted to, like, make food content. And when I was, like, first traveling after I was on Drag Race, I was recording, like, all these, like, videos of, you know, like, me trying, like, food from around the world. But I just never got around to, like, editing them because I was, like, too busy. But then pandemic happened. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just, like, start off small and just, like, have fun with it. I'm not trying to be like too deep about it because I feel like that's what food is, you know, food is fun. Food is life, you know. Exactly. And so many people take it so seriously to the point that it doesn't even just feel like work, but it feels like this slog. So I guess I'm so curious. Your fascination with food started even before the pandemic, too, right? Like, I know yes. this may be a little bit of a deep cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you even had the web series going for a while cooking with drag queens. Yes. What kind of inspired you to dive into that? The food and drag, it actually goes way back to even before I was in Drag Race. So when I first started doing drag, every drag queen would tell me, like, the main rule in drag is you do not eat in drag, and you're never seen eating in drag. Like, be grand about it, you know? Like, be grand about yourself. But I'm like, you know, I don't think, like, eating makes me, like, less of a queen or, like, less grand. So then... I try to like start a movement in the drag community. Um, <laughs> and then I'll get pictures of drag queen eating and then post them with a hashtag, hashtag drag queens eating. And it actually took off. And then drag queens from all around the world were posting like 
Picture of themselves eating, like with the hashtag drag queens eating. <laughs> <laughs> and now there are just about 2,000 photos of people just eating in drag. In drag, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it feels so much more like freeing and forgiving. Because mm-hmm. y'all are already doing so much to pull off the looks, hold it all together, pretend you're not sweating. And we're hungry on top of it, you know? Right. And that's all it is. It's just the right balance, the right combination. So... Yeah. Can you tell me about your podcast, One for the Table, please? Of course. So One for the Table is a food-themed podcast that I host with my friend John Kong, who is a chef from Detroit. He rose to fame on TikTok during the pandemic times. We've been friends for years. And I've always wanted to do like a food podcast because every week we just like sit down and it's very chill. So basically, whenever me and John would get together, all we do is talk about food. So it's like... Why don't we just make a podcast and then just like talk about food on there instead? And then that's how the podcast was born. <laughs> <laughs> that easy, that simple. Yeah. And of course, we we all know and love John Kung, friend of the show. He's all right. But <laughs> <laughs> never mind. It's like amazing skills, suiting voice, great looks, you know. Just, right. He's great at everything right. he does. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, we get it. But but no, I, I think it's so much fun just because you two have this chemistry that also helps other people take themselves less seriously. But to get back to you, you have done all this cooking and touring and traveling, and you have spoken with so many people, both with the podcast and just in your day-to-day life, in and out of restaurants, in and out of bars and event spaces and theaters and all of these different places. So as you've been eating your way across the country and the world, is there one recipe that you just come back to? Yeah, yeah. So my one recipe, and I just made it last night. Oh, uh, it's a Korean seaweed soup. It's really good. It's really healthy for you. Traditionally, it's eaten on your birthday. Ooh, okay. And also in Korea, whenever a woman gives birth, after she gives birth, they basically force them to eat the seaweed soup for every meal for like a month or two after. But it's really good. Um. You can find it everywhere in Korea, but you don't traditionally find this dish at a lot of the Korean restaurants. Ooh, okay. I don't know why, because it's so good and healthy. So after I turned 18 and I moved to Chicago, I was like living by myself. And, you know, previously, like when it was my birthday, my mom would make the seaweed soup. But, you know, when I was living alone, I just had to like make it for myself whenever like I would crave it. Well, luckily, it's a very easy dish to make and it's very hard to mess it up. So even people with not a lot of cooking experience can easily make it. So can you walk me through the recipe? Of course. So you're going to find dry seaweed. You can get it at any Korean market or any Asian market. Basic standard dry seaweed. And whatever you do, do not eat the dry seaweed. Because when you eat it, it's going to expand in your stomach like 10 times its size. And it'll give you some like stomach issues. So just don't eat it like when it's dry. <laughs> yeah. You take a handful of the seaweed. And then you soak it in a bowl of water. And after about 10 minutes of soaking in water, um, take a scissor or knife and then cut it into like little bite-sized pieces. And then in like a pan, like a stock pot or anything big enough to like hold like four liters of water, you coat the bottom of the pan with sesame oil. And then you put in your protein of choice, which um, is traditionally made with beef. I use um, chuck ground. I put in about like a pound of chalk ground, like um, cut into little bite-sized pieces. You can also use like seafood or whatever you want, you know, live your dreams, pop off. <laughs> and you basically saute the beef in sesame oil on medium heat 
don't do it in high heat because Koreans believe that if you cook this meal in high heat, it releases toxins. I don't know if there's like science behind that. So always cook it on medium heat. Saute the beef on medium heat in sesame oil until just like the outside is no longer red. And then you're going to add the seaweed that you soaked in water, squeeze the water out, and then put it in the pan and saute it for about like a minute with the beef. And then you take half ladle of soy sauce. You also pour it in there. And then two tablespoons of minced garlic. Also add it in there. And then you stir fry for like another minute. Mm -hmm. And then you pour in four liters of water, bring it to a boil. And then after it starts boiling, you can add black pepper. I add a little bit of like tashida, which is like Korean beef flavored MSG. Just like a little kiss of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, just just to kick it up to the next mm-hmm. level. It just needs a little something, a little zhuzh. And then I also add um, a tablespoon of tuna extract or fish sauce, whatever you got on hand. Ooh, or, and then continue to boil it on high for about seven minutes and then turn it down to simmer for another 10 minutes. And then it's ready to be eaten with rice. Oh, that's amazing. And how long does this keep? Because you're making a pretty big batch, right? Well, it doesn't last that long. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and that's good. Hey, that just means that you're doing something very, very right. Because it's frosty and, you know, it's really low in calorie, but it's also like high in, you know, like all the (laughs) food benefits that seaweed comes with. (laughs) Um, And I love drinking like soup broth because it's like a warm hog in like a little spoon, you know? Right, right, right. And hey, if you want to have skin half as good as kimchi, start drinking (laughs) the soup, you'll be good to go. But I want to go back to your seaweed selection really quickly. Like, are you typically looking for kombu or are you looking for a different variety? Yeah, it's literally called dry seaweed. Oh, yeah. Nice and simple. Yeah. So people at home, do not get intimidated. Don't overthink it. Just buy some dried seaweed and you will be good to go. Yep. And then, yeah, taste the broth, add more salt if you want. Um, when it comes to like soup cooking, instead of adding salt, I just like to um, replace that with fish sauce because I feel like it adds so much flavor and depth. Oh, that's so smart. And I'm sure by the end, it tastes so much richer and like mm-hmm. fuller bodied. Because I feel like a lot of people may get hung up on different soups because they don't feel like they're getting filled up entirely. But yeah. with those pieces of meat and then all the flavoring, ugh. <laughs> I want to just, like, sink into it. I love soup. (laughs) I love soup! (laughs) Kim, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you for making time. It has been a blast. Thank you for having me. Kimchi is a drag queen, the CEO and owner of Kimchi Chic Beauty, and the host of One for the Table. You can find that recipe for Miyoko or Seaweed Soup on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. And hey, if you liked what you heard, you can like and subscribe. It makes a world of difference. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Maria Wortel, technical director Derek Ramirez, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic. Magic.